welcome to our channel as you take your time to listen to God's word today with us we believe and pray that your faith will be strengthened up and we hope that this sermon will be a blessing to you as well as your family you know in church there is this unwritten rules among pastors especially that you don't talk about certain stuff if you talk about certain things, people will not come back. There is this unwritten rule. When sometimes when I'm invited as a guest speaker to go out, and there are some pastors who would come to me, you know, like uh, just certain topics we'd like you to avoid. You know, uh, Reverend Emil would know this uh, because he's been traveling, you know. Um, they'd say, like, don't talk about politics, all right? Don't talk about politics. That's a, that could be an offensive uh, place. Uh, then don't talk about money. Don't talk about money. Right? I had an entire series about money. The church was full, man. Don't talk about money. Don't talk about sin. I've, I've had people tell me, don't even call it sin. You can say it shortcomings. You shot what? You shot somebody and you call it shortcoming. Don't call it sin. Don't call it sin. And also there's this interesting topic. They say, don't talk about hell. Don't talk about hell. It scares people. So I've got some good news. I'm, we're not going to talk about politics today. We're not going to talk about money. We're not going to talk about sin. Well, we might. But today we're going to talk about hell. We're going to talk about hell. When was the last time you heard a preaching on hell? Sunday class, that was 18 years ago. I don't know how, sorry, I don't know how old you are. <laughs> okay. When was the last time you heard a sermon on hell? Right? Nobody wants to preach on hell, right? Everybody wants to preach on heaven. May the floodgates of heaven be open and God pour out his blessing on you and you shall be blessed. And everybody, Ooh, hallelujah. Nobody says, the pits of hell is waiting for you if you keep committing sin. Nobody's like, I know. Don't talk about that. So, it's scary. As a kid, I think this mic is too loud. Maybe you can reduce it. As a kid, um, it's scary to hear about hell. It's scary to hear about what happens in hell. Many people, when you hear about hell, you know, it's this fear that grips our heart. But the funny thing is, many people gave their life to Jesus because they didn't want to go to hell. Why do you love Jesus? I don't want to be in hell. Why are you a Christian? I don't want to end up in hell. Why do you love Jesus so much? The, the real thing is, I don't like the, anything hot. I don't like anything hot. I mean... For starters, I don't like trichy, it's very hot. It's like hell here. But nobody understands or nobody could ever measure the heat in hell because it's pretty bad. We've been listening to the gospel of fear for a long time. For over a few decades, most of the gospel preachers they were preaching like, when you die, do you know where you will be? Right? 
Now that's a great question to ask because it talks about eternity. Because if you're talking about hell, you got to talk about heaven. But if the emphasis are, is so much on heaven and hell and less on the love of God for your life, then we are missing out on something. Many of us have given our life to Jesus through gospel of fear and very less through the gospel of love. Through the gospel of the grace of God. In fact, gospel is love and grace and grace alone. Heaven is a byproduct of God's love for our life. Hello? Heaven is what? Heaven is a byproduct of God's love for you. Which means that for you who loves God and for God who loves you so much that you get to be in His presence forever and ever after you shut your eyes here on earth. And you will open your eyes in the presence of God. And when you open your eyes in the presence of God, that is heaven for you. And Jesus taught us to pray, Lord, do something here now on earth as it is in heaven. Which means that God, I invite your presence here and now in my life. And if I have the presence of God here and now in my life, I have heaven on earth. I have heaven in his presence. I can experience heaven as long as I am in the presence of God. That's why we sing this song beautifully. Your presence is heaven to me. But it's more about the golden tiles. People think more about the golden tiles, the golden wall, the golden fan, the golden bulb, the golden plate. The golden sh shawarma. <laughs> Everything will be gold, Anda. Day, you can go to Tanishkir. Everything will be gold. Go to Jai Alakas. Everything will be? Are you in heaven? The most important part of heaven is not the golden part. It's the presence part. Oh, Really? Everybody's so sad now. I did not wear gold on earth also, God. Even now, <laughs> there also. <laughs> I might as well wear it now. <laughs> Where is your focus when it comes to the gospel of Jesus Christ? That's what I'm getting at. Is your focus on escaping hell? Or is your focus on running into his presence that is full of love and grace? This morning we are going to try to understand hell. Is that okay? Is that okay? Can we try to understand hell a little bit? The question or the title of my sermon this morning, don't think that I've gone to a different series. We are still in the same series called... And the question is, why hell? Why hell? Why hell? What? Yeah, there it is. Why hell? Why would a loving God send people to hell? 
Now, many people ask this question. Why would a loving God send people to hell? God is love. You don't know Jesus is love. He's a gracious God. But why would he send us to a place where we will burn forever? Where the worms will never die. Where you will see all the cockroaches that you killed here. And the spiders that you killed here. They'll be waiting for you in hell. They never die. You think they're dead here. I really believe when a cat dies here, it opens his eyes in hell. Because I don't like cats. If you love cats, and if I've offended you, I will give you juice at the end of the service, okay? But I am sorry, I just, there is something so evil about cats. Right? Majority in this church are going to heaven. Hell is real. Now think about this way. If, I've got to be careful when I say it. Now, if, imagine that I am the devil. Imagine that I am the devil. I can hear some mind voice. We already know that. <laughs> imagine that I am the devil and I want you in hell. What would my number one strategy be? My number one strategy will be that I will make sure that you don't believe in hell. I will play it down so that you will do whatever that you can do. So that at the end when you end up there, I am like, ta-da. <laughs> this is the strategy that the devil is using even through pastors and leaders and men of God who talk less about hell. I even had an Old Testament teacher in my Bible college and we were talking about heaven and hell and he said, well, that's debatable. I mean, like, what do you mean that's debatable? Well, I don't fully believe in that. I'm like, you're my Old Testament teacher? What about Genesis? Even that debatable. I'm like, okay, change college. People don't totally believe in heaven. People don't totally believe in hell. People don't talk about it much. Now this is not to bring fear into your lives, but you need to understand that hell is real. And I'm not here to boast about hell today or the power of the devil today because I'm here to boast about the love and the grace of God that is so much powerful than the burning fire. The blood is so much powerful to redeem you to get inside that fire. That's what we're going to get at. But I want you to understand that heaven is real and hell is real also. The devil's goal is to convince you not to take it seriously. We are called to live forever. But the devil is making you to justify your own sin, reject Christ, remove the fear of God in your life, live a ridiculously self-centered life, craving for comfort, rejecting sacrifice, avoiding the persecution, and living with the love of the world in your life. 
Hell is a subject that is found throughout the Bible. And the one who talked most about it, interestingly, is Jesus. He's the most loving God. Jesus was not like the angry street preachers. Have you seen the street preachers? People who preach in the streets. I love them. I mean, the faith is amazing, but they're always so angry. God loves you! They, the grace of God is for you. They're so angry and pissed about something always. Jesus didn't want people to go to hell. Read this with me. Matthew chapter 5 verse 29. If your right eye causes you stumble, <laughs> what does it say? Gorge it out and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. Now, if we all followed this, there will be no body for us to go into hell. Right? Imagine if you have sinned with your eyes and I give you a homework this week. Right? And I give you a homework. Say, whatever part of your body that you used to sin against God, you got to put a white bandage patch on it. Okay? And I give you that homework. And next Sunday, when we all come here, we'll be filled with patches. Patch, 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 patch. A lot of patches around your head. Hey, why are you wearing helmet inside the church, da? Pastor, it's your homework. A lot of patch in my mind. I sinned a lot in my mind. Everybody say amen. Patch, patch, patch. Because we are filled with sinful thoughts. What is heaven? It's nothing but God's presence. What is hell? It's the absence of God in your life. You don't have to get to hell to experience hell. You can experience, if you can experience heaven on earth... You can also experience hell on earth. You know why? Absence of God causes that experience. Many people ask this question. Why does a loving God send people to hell? There are two reasons why hell exists. And I want you to understand this. Okay, what are we trying to do? We are trying to understand hell. And also we're going to try to understand the love of God that is more powerful than what we could experience in hell. Are you all with me? Number one reason, you've got to understand this. Why does hell exist? Hell exists for God to righteously punish Satan. If you're taking notes, write this down. If you're not taking notes, you don't want to go to hell. So start taking notes. Penakura. Hell exists for God to righteously punish Satan. The moment I say Satan, we all think about this guy in a red thing with horns and a pitchfork. He's the embodiment of all evil. The Bible says behind every selfish, self-centered thought, there's evilness. 
The devil is the father and embodiment and expression of all evilness in your life. If you're, addic- if you're going through addiction, he's behind your addiction. If you're going through abuse, he's behind that abuse. If you're going through fear, he's behind that. If you're going through pain, he's behind that. If you're going through shame, he's behind that. He's the destroyer, deceiver. He's the dark angel. He's the liar. He's the accuser. In fact, his language itself is lies. He's the tempter. He's the wicked one. He's the thief. He's the father of lies. He's here to steal your joy. He's here to kill your faith. He's here to destroy your health. He's here to ruin your money. And he is here to take away your children. I want to make this very clear what his agenda is. If you are experiencing any of this, The devil is the one that is behind all evilness that is happening around the world and in your life. Revelation chapter 20 verse 10 and John says this, And the devil who deceived them was thrown into the lake of burning sulfur. Now this is the end result of what is going to happen to the devil who's been causing pain to God's people. This is his end. So hell exists for God to righteously punish the devil. And the devil who deceived them was thrown into the lake of burning sulfur where the beast and the false prophet had also been thrown. They will be tormented day and night forever and ever. In fact, the devil right now thinks that it's his kingdom. Hell is his kingdom. But one day what he built is going to consume him. And that will be our day of victory when we will be under the identity of Jesus and we will be with Jesus, but he will experience hell. Hell exists for God to righteously punish the Satan. You might be wondering why I keep saying the word righteously. The reason I say that word righteously is because it is impossible... For a holy God to be without righteousness and justice. In other words, if a God is a holy God, He's also a just God. He's a loving God, but He's also a just God. He's a gracious God, but He's also a just God. Justice will be served for those and for anyone who stood by the devil and who lived under his evilness. Justice will be served. Number one, hell exists for God to righteously punish Satan. Number two, hell exists for God to righteously punish evil. Anybody who has been under the identity of the devil, will also end up where he ends up. That's the truth. I am not sugarcoating it. I am not polishing it. I am not putting a froth over it. There is no chocolate sprinkles over it. This is raw as it gets. If you follow Jesus and live a life under the identity of Jesus, 
you will be in the presence of our Lord Jesus. No doubt. I'm not saying you've got to live a perfect life. Because perfection cannot be acquired until we meet Jesus face to face. But if you reject God, you could do so much good to people. But if you reject God knowingly, if you choose to live under the identity of evilness knowingly, if your life was filled with evilness and wickedness and you imposed evilness on people and even by knowing the name of Jesus, yet you choose to live a life of evilness and wickedness, the Lord will say, I don't know you. And the devil will say, I know you. Come to me. It is serious. If you don't accept the reality of hell, you will never really appreciate the depth of God's grace. Let me say that again. If you never accept the reality of hell, you will never be able to appreciate the depth of God's grace over your life. 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 8 and 9, it says, He, God, will punish those who do not know God. Watch this. Those who do not know God and do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus. Now, this is why evangelism is so important. That we don't want anybody to die without knowing God. But remember, God is also a God of justice. If he had, if that person had never had an opportunity to know God, he is not going to be justified. Many people have asked me this question, Pastor, what would happen to my little baby that passed away in my tummy because of miscarriage? What happened to unborn babies? They never had the opportunity to know God and they shall never be judged because they never had the opportunity to know God. You're with me? Will they be in the presence of God? Now I cannot guarantee that, but I know that he's a just God, so I believe they will be. I believe they will be because he's a just God. I believe they will be because he's a just God. I believe that God will have a really special place for them. A really special place for them because he's a just God. But for those who are born... For those who have lived under the voice of God, for those who have known the gospel but yet rejected the gospel, God will say, I do not know you. Verse 9, it says, They will be punished with the everlasting destruction and shut out from the presence of the Lord. Let me make something clear. There is no secret hell inside heaven. Okay? There is no... Hell is hell? I've heard this 
new thing that is going around like uh, you know you've been following jesus but if you committed little little sins there is a little hell for you inside heaven god will open the door in the morning 9 am you go inside he will set the timer according to your sin you will be there and then you will come out who said so the presence of god cannot exist basically the absent the moment you leave your soul leaves this body if it cannot find itself in the presence of god it's a restless soul if it's a restless soul it is doomed for being in hell because wherever is the absence of wherever the absence of god is that's hell wherever the presence of god is that's heaven and it says they will be punished with everlasting destruction and shut out from the presence of the lord and from the glory of his might i mean i don't want to live a life that would miss the glory of god come on i want to see that i don't know how many of you want to see the glory of god and experience god's presence in your life Okay, we got four people going to heaven from this church. That is great. Slowly hands are coming. If you don't accept the reality of hell, you will never appreciate the depth of God's grace. You know, Jesus told a parable. It's about a voice from hell. In Luke chapter 16, go with me to Luke chapter 16. we're going to read from verse 19 it says there was a rich man who was dressed in purple and fine linen and lived in luxury every day you know luke writes in details right purple symbolizes royalty it's a infused color and it's a rare color that the common citizens of those days would ever use If you're dressed in purple you got to be either a royalty or like somebody who's very 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 rich because it's a color that was not easily made those days it was infused and it's rare that the purple dye was very expensive very expensive hence it's known as a royal color and he was dressed in fine linen you know to wear a linen The amount you would spend to wear a linen those days can feed one person for a whole year. That's how expensive linen was. So, when Luke writes this, there was a rich man who dressed up in purple and fine linen, in other words he's saying he was like ridiculously rich. Not just rich rich. Not this I will buy it later Amazon rich. Like I will buy Amazon rich. get it verse 20 at his gate was laid a beggar named Lazarus here's the contrast covered with sores and longing to eat what fell from the rich man's table sounds like india to me contrast of the poor there's a lamborghini and yet you will see somebody begging on the street contrast of two different status in the society even the dog came and licked his sores in his body 
what a gruesome sight what a bad sight what a disgusting thing to look at i mean if you were walking with your child and that's happening you will pick your child and walk the other way this man is eating that is fell from the rich man's table his body is covered with sores and the dog is licking the wound and the sores of his body verse 22 it says the time came a time came when the beggar died and the angels carried him to abraham's side the rich man also died and was buried in hades in hades means place of the dead place of punishment in other words hell in hell where he the rich man was tormented he looked up and saw abraham far away with lazarus by his side what a crazy sight here is the opposite of what happened on earth is happening in heaven the guy who was seated in the table is now on the floor the guy who was on the floor is now seated at the table with abraham the guy who looked down is now looking up the guy who is looking up is now looking at the guy who is looking down on him kingdom of god is the other way around what is lifted in earth will not be lifted up in heaven so the rich man looked up and saw abraham far away with lazarus by his side so he called to him father abraham have pity on me and send lazarus to dip the tip of his finger in the water and cool my tongue because i am in agony in this fire he's in other words he's saying the one who ate from the crumbs on earth i need his help now because my tongue is in agony i'm in pain i need a little bit of water let him just put his finger inside the water and give me few drops just few drops that's all i need he's not even asking for a cup let him dip and few drops on me that's all i want that's all i want here comes the next part which is pretty emotional from verse 27 28 it says then here's a rich man saying then watch his words what does he say then i beg you now this man was not a beggar on earth he had purple infused clothes and it was in linen very rich and now his words are then i beg you father send lazarus to my family for i have five brothers let him warn them so that they will not also come to this place of torment pastor are you saying that every rich person in this world will end up in hell no that's not what i am saying and that's not what jesus is saying because if you see what the rich man is asking here is that he is not saying why did you put me in hell he is not saying this is unfair because he knew what kind of man he was 
when he lived on earth all he is asking is reduce the punishment a little bit he's begging to be reduced and he's saying my five brothers they are living the same lifestyle and i don't want them to come here he is not justifying he is not saying why did you send me to hell because he exactly knew why he was in hell you might be rich you might not you might even be a christian you might be a middle class you might be a lower class you might be a homeless you might be a famous whoever you are if you don't have the blood of jesus over your life if you have not accept jesus as your lord and savior if you have not said i need the grace of god and grace of god alone you will be tormented you will end up in hell money can't save you there four lessons that you can quickly learn from this rich man is that this rich man was fully conscious and aware when he was in hell that's the crazy part it's not the fire when you're burning you will be conscious and aware of what is happening to you he had his memory he is asking can my brothers be saved most people and this is pretty emotional for me to say but most people who you and i knew who went to be with the lord without knowing jesus and we had an opportunity to tell them but we had our mouth shut but now they are not in the presence of god they are in the place of torment and they are crying out to jesus saying can you please open the mouth of sam who was sitting in the same bench with me in college if he had opened his mouth i would not be here but jesus can you send him to my brother can you send him to my sister can you send him to my family can you send him to my children so that they will also not come here now that's the scariest part that's the scariest part who is in front of you who needs jesus and you know they need jesus but you're not saying it to them can you please tell them can you please tell them the love of jesus the grace of jesus i'm not saying go and scare them just tell them because for anybody who had an opportunity to hear and accept jesus they will be entering the presence of the lord the rich man's eternity was irrevocably fixed the rich man knew that his suffering was just the rich man begged and pleaded for someone to help his brothers to know jesus can we all stand together the devil is convincing you to believe that hell is not real he's trying to convince you to not to take it seriously he's putting you at risk where you will live your life however you want you will justify your own sins you will reject christ there is no fear of god in your life you're ridiculously self-centered you're craving for comfort you're rejecting sacrifice you're avoiding persecution and your life is filled with love for the world these are the symptoms in your life 
if you're not taking hell seriously. Now I'm not here to say that take hell seriously and live in the fear. I'm saying if you understand the reality of hell, you will run to the grace of God like a desperate man dying tomorrow. You will run to the grace of God and you live under the grace of God. You will not have time to say, I want to sin and see if that will kill me. I want to give you will not even have time for temptation. In an interview when they were asking Billy Graham, how do you handle temptation in life? And he said, what temptation? What temptation? I don't even have time for temptation because I am so soaked in the presence of God. How do you overcome addiction of sports? What do you mean addiction of sports? I don't even have time to watch TV. Because I'm so much soaked in the presence of God and I've got millions of souls to save out there and I am constantly on the move. What temptation? Can you say that? You might stand there thinking it is not fair. Good people are going to hell. What good people? Why does bad thing happen to good people? I read a quote this week that said, that happened only once and he volunteered. Why did, good, why did bad things happen to good person? That happened only once guys and he volunteered and his name is Jesus. Everybody else, the Bible says, we have all fallen short of God's glory. And we all are sinners who are in need of a savior. God is holy and God is just. He's a holy God and he gave his only son. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but will have eternal life. You and I have had that opportunity. Many people still don't have that opportunity. It is your responsibility and my responsibility so that they will not cry one day saying, why did they not tell me? They were eating with me. They played football with me. They played Xbox with me. They went to marriage with me. In every wedding, they ate nicely biryani with me, but not even once they told me about Jesus. Let that not happen. Romans 5, 8, 9, it says, God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. And since we have been made right in God's sight by the blood of Christ, he will certainly save us from God's condemnation. You're not condemned, you're redeemed. Turn to the person who's sitting next to you or standing next to you, look at them and tell them, hey, I'm going to heaven and you're coming with me too. Did they believe you? Did they believe you? Okay, try it one more time. Try it one more time. Say it like, I mean, did you, did you say it like you believed? Yeah? All right, let's try it one more time. You are going to heaven. Sorry, I am going to heaven and you are coming too. I'm going to heaven. You guys are coming too, right? Now ask them again. 
Do you know somebody who is not coming? Ask them. Do you know somebody who is not coming? Did they say yes? There are many people, your neighbor could be your your driver, could be your your boss, could be your teacher, could be the student who's sitting next to you. There's millions of them still who are not coming. Do you know that? It's not funny. It's not funny at all. It's not funny at all. If you think about it, it's so crazy and serious. And you know what? God holds us responsible. For us to tell them, I have a savior who once paid a price for me. And I am living under that grace. And that same grace is for you. Is for you. Is for you. Is for you. Just tell them that. Just tell them that. Just tell them that you don't have to pay money for your sins to be redeemed. There's somebody who can who can redeem you from your sin for free. Everybody likes free stuff. Everybody likes free stuff. But when it comes to sin, they can't believe that somebody can redeem them for free. They say there is no such thing called free lunch because somebody paid for it. So even though the grace is free for us, it's because Christ paid for it. Christ paid for it. He paid with his own blood. He paid with his own flesh. He paid with every single drop of water that came out of his body. He didn't come for righteous. This church is not for the righteous people. This church is for sinners, which is you and I. Yes, we are redeemed. and we are called to bring many people who still needs Jesus the devil comes to steal kill and destroy if you're lazy about speaking about the grace of god that's a symptom of the devil trying to kill and destroy evangelism through you if we are lacing up if we are saying there's no newcomers in church today that's devil scheme to kill and destroy you might have invited i'm not saying you didn't invite you would have invited and something would have ha- i i was coming to church up to the stair up to the lift i came the lift turned off my tire got punctured this happened that happened and 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 you think that oh it's okay it's okay but you know what that's that's such a serious thing that that simple thing of something going wrong is stealing their destiny it's stealing it's we don't take it so seriously because they miss church it's stealing their destiny so keep inviting them no matter how many tires get punctured next week you stand there with spare tire hey devil you're going to puncture people's tire i'm going to buy a couple of tires this week I'm going to have couple of people standing there that even if the lift turns off I will carry them upstairs. If you can't come, I will come and get you. I will give you a lift. If you got fever, if there's something going on, I will come and sit with you, open the laptop and watch church online with you. 
it will change your destiny my friend this is not about church attendance this is about destiny attendance this is not about church attendance this is about making into heaven and being in the presence of god attendance so that one day when they're calling out name jasper tick shiptika yes sir it's about being in your destiny god wants to know you god wants to come into a living relationship with you god does not want to leave you the way just you are and god wants to turn people's life around shall we lift our hands thank you for listening to our sermon today with us hope that it was a blessing for you as well as your family and if you would like to support our ministry you can do so by visiting kingcitychurch.org/give and we will meet you with another inspiring sermon next week god bless you